All right. We're so thankful for our encounter ministry. Men and women now have had two full weekends. How many of you went to encounter? Let me see your hands. All of you, okay. How many had a great time? You can clap now. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Hans and, and Jennifer and all the people, that leadership teams that all came together to make for that a wonderful event. Uh, I understand it was fantastic. I've gotten nothing but good reports. So we're thankful for that. You know, I'm trying to break a bad habit in my life. I, I am one of these guys that I am forever laying stuff down. And when I lay it down, I don't remember where I put it. And I am doing my best, especially since I have just a touch of OCD. So it also makes me upset. If I can't find something, I literally will search Christian for hours until I find that one and uh, that's just the way, like, I can't leave that on the floor. It just isn't going to work. But I, I've been trying to break the habit. You see, I, like Cameron, uh, did a DNA, uh, what they call a leadership DNA study. And, and I am typified as a visionary. It's somebody who, who you know, sees the big picture. And, and that's always been kind of me. I, I can see the picture. I don't always know the details. That's why we have wonderful help and assistance around here administrative help that help us because I can see the big picture I like to consider myself you know like the, the the guy that can just envision the whole thing the architect I can see it before it's ever built and I, and then I am the guy that sees the potential I see the the glass is always half full with me it's never half empty I see the best in something first which sometimes gets me in trouble but the end result you know, I, I always believe in the best of the best for every situation. I try to always feel that way and be that way. And so as a visionary, it's, it's, it works in most every other way. I mean, I see the end from the beginning. And that's how even I plan things. I will plan things by seeing the end product. If we plan a festival, I will see the festival with thousands of people, all kinds of food, all kinds of booths and activities. I see that, and then I back all the way up to step one. I always work from the end back. I'm a visionary. That works beautiful for me in most every other way except at my house. Most importantly with my keys. I have a tendency to, to find these beautiful, wonderful, brand new, exciting, terrific ways to store my keys. The problem is I forgot what beautiful, terrific, brand new way that I decided to store my keys. And so I love this expression. You've heard of it before. A place for everything. And that is beautiful. I mean, that is such an awesome thing. I've been doing my best to break my bad habits and live by this principle. As a matter of fact, I'm looking somewhere in a store somewhere. There's got to be a big plaque or something that has that saying on it. And I'm going to put that in my living room. And I'm just going to see it every day, and I'm just going to, you know, follow that. And I'm going to put my keys where I should. And I'm going to throw my dirty socks where I should in one place, because that's, everything should have one place. A place for everything and everything in its place. I keep saying that to myself. I'm cleaning something out, and I'm like putting something in a drawer, and I'm like, I move it from one drawer to the other drawer. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're just moving this to another drawer. Find a home for this. Where is its home? And so I've been trying to do this stuff, but it doesn't work with my keys. So I'm following this, a place for everything, 
and everything in its place. And you know, if you think about that in this series that we've started and in the time that we have today, today's a special day. And I, it's been a wonderful day. And I've been very happy with where we are and what's gone on and the things that have been said and the way that we've honored. So I'm not going to worry. I'm going to drive a stake down in just a few minutes and we're going to do part one and part two of this message. So I'm not going to try to get it all done in one sitting. Somebody say amen. What I'm going to do is just begin, set up a good introduction. We're going to pray together and then we're going to pick this right back up at the next service. But what, what I felt during this one church series that we're in, we're in this campaign, this series of messages where we are now, as we said, we're seeking out servants and souls. That's what this year is all about. So we've been talking about the prodigals and the souls. We've been really working hard on that and we're going to continue to do that. But now we're talking about the body of Christ talking about the servant part of what the Lord dropped in our hearts back in in November about this year. Servants, servanthood, serving, what it means to be one church. And I kept coming back to this phrase, this a place for everything and everything in its place. And I changed it a little bit after you read the text, you'll know what I mean. I changed it to not just a place for everything, but a place for everyone and everyone in their place that's what God intended when he built the church that we would all be many parts working together that we would not buy into the lie of celebrityism and and fame the culture of our society that makes a caste system where some are in and some are out and some are important and some are not I'm telling you there's no room for that in the body of Christ and so I want you to stand for the reading of God's word 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12 listen to what the Lord through Paul the writing of Paul says about the body of Christ for as the body is one but has many members But all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? And so here we go. This is the place where God's word agrees with a place for everything and everything in its place. But now, God has set the members. Read it again. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. There's your scripture. A place for everything and everything in its place. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. 
And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable are on those we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part, that part which lacks it. That there should be no schism, no division in the body. But that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. That's pretty good reading, isn't it? Somebody ought to say amen. Amen. Father, touch us. Speak to us by your Holy Spirit as we begin this message this morning. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. You be seated. Early last year, I was pulling out a washer out of its place. And I needed to replace the water hose on the back of it. And so I, I was, you know thinking, looking at it, thinking this is an easy project, I'm going to get this done, but it, it turned out Marty, uh, Angie called me and I was telling her that I was going to move the washer and she was like, no, 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 don't do that, Ray, let Marty come over, he'll help you. I was like, ah, I've got this, I can do this, I mean, how hard can this be? I took one look at the washing machine, staring at me, and I said, Ray, you got this. The challenge was on, and I was determined that I could conquer this project with little or no effort. So I reached in, I lifted and pulled up the washer from its place. It was pulling it forward, and as I got to the rug, I lifted up a little higher, and I'm pulling this big machine. It's one of them top loaders. I'm lifting it. As I go to pull it out, all of a sudden, my left arm goes, rip, and it goes down, and I'm like, ah, oh! and I just was like, oh, Oh, no, when I fell on the floor, I am, oh, I'm aching with pain. I'm yelling out. I am like, help me. The only person in the house is Alexa, and she can't help me. And there's nothing, nothing there to help me. And I'm like, I'm sure I've broken every bone in my arm. It is twisted and turned up, and everything is wrong. And I'm like, it's broken. It's destroyed. I can't even move it. Look at this. It's in pain. I'm in pain. I can't handle this. I end up going to the emergency room. I get, I'm sitting there. I'm like, it's going to be traction for 12 weeks. It's going to be horrible. I've busted my arm. It's unusable. And they come in and they're like, yeah, well, you, you didn't break anything. I'm like, what? No, you didn't break anything. You know, we're going we're gonna to put a little wrap around it for you. Keep it steady. You'll be okay for about six weeks. Don't use the arm. And I was like, no surgery? No, we can't do anything to fix that. What you've done is you've ripped a tendon. You've ripped a tendon. Well, I'm like, what do you do about that? I mean, do you call in home health care? I mean, what do we do? No, you just kind of let it heal. It'll be all right. Give it about six weeks and you'll be okay. Don't, don't lift anything. And I walk out and I am like, I cannot believe it. I ripped a little tendon, about a half-inch tear, and my arm is immobile. I can't use it. I can't pick up anything. It's worthless. It's just dangling there. And I'm like, what in the world? Come to find out one torn little tendon would be so significantly important to my potential. Let me tell you, every time I do laundry, I stare that washer down. And even if I have a light load, 
I turn that knob to extra heavy, bulky, large load, and I smile. Soil level, all the way up. You're going to work for it, baby. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we think that when you see people on the platform, you see them in the altars, or you see them out at the booths or the tables, or sometimes we, we think that those are the important parts, that those are the big deals. The fact of the matter is, a very small part of the body that I thought was so not important had the power to completely immobilize me. Something insignificant, seemingly hidden in my arm caused me to not use that arm for six weeks. All because of that little tendon. So you see, every time you think, doesn't matter if I go, no one's going to miss me. I'm not really important to anyone. What I do is not important. It's not the big deal. I don't get recognized. I don't get the big deals. My tithe is so incidental. My offering doesn't really matter if I put it in or not. No one's going to notice it's not like I'm an eye. It's not like I'm a leg or an arm. Sometimes I feel like an appendix. Who would notice if I serve in the nursery? Who would notice if I'm out on the parking lot? Nobody cares if I'm at the check-in center or the welcome center or holding a door open and giving away a bulletin. Nobody even knows that I write cards to people and send it to shut-ins. Nobody knows that I visit. Does anybody even see me on Saturday when I go to the jail? Those are not the important ministries. Oh, no. Gary, Pastor Gary, he's got the important job. Pastor Ray, he gets the pulpit. He gets the limelight. That's the important part. I can't sing. I can't preach. really doesn't matter if I come. Nobody even knows, parking cars, opening doors, cleaning. Well, what I want to begin with in this study, and I'll pick it back up, is that every little part matters. Every part of the body matters. Each part is integral and important. And until we understand a place for everyone and everyone in their place, we are immobilized. We're not doing the work of the church. We're not fulfilling our potential. We have to know what is God doing in my life right here, right now? What's my responsibility? Is it, is it to cut the grass? Is it to water the plants? Is it to fold the bulletin? Is it to teach a class? Is it to work in kids' church? What's my job? 
how does that fit into the potential and the importance of what God is doing in our church? I think we need to embrace our place. Look at somebody and say, embrace your place. Scripture tells us that God sets every member in place. One little tendon does hold everything together. An entire body can be crippled by a few, few ripped tendons. If we, the body of Christ, would understand the magnitude of what I just said, if this church, 103 years old, would get it, if we would truly understand the power behind the statement that I have just made, that every part is important, that Esperanza is just as important in our ministry vision as the nursery is. And if everybody would get it, that it's just as vital the people that take care of the floors as important as those who take care of the song. If we truly understand and know that God is using all of it together to bring the body into its full and high potential, highest potential. We would truly get that and understand that God sets the tendons in place. Oh, that's good. Somebody ought to have said amen. I didn't even hear one. God sets the tendons in place. They may not be the most prominent. They may not be the most obvious. They may not be out there. They may just help run a ministry on the side. They may be taking care of something late at night when others seemingly don't know what's happening. But it's working together to bring into this church the full body working together. Amen. You know what God says to us? God says, get your eyes off what you consider to be the famous parts. And understand that it takes those weaker, smaller parts. It's those parts that keep it all together. The entire arm wouldn't work because of a half inch tear in a tendon. That speaks to me of how important it is, John. Our faithfulness to ministry. Our faithfulness to be a part of the team. Our faithfulness to support and love and honor. It's important for us as a church to realize our fullest potential, Lester, so that when we go to the hospital and we can be a part of what God is doing in ministering healing, your beautiful wife sits beside you very close. And she's a miracle of prayer because the body of Christ was at work body of Christ at work. Every tendon, every muscle, every ligament, the whole body of Christ walking around, ministering this in this city. And God looks at us and he says, how dare you diminish the body? Every part. Let's not do that today. We've got to open our hearts and minds. The creator of the universe has placed the members all in their respective places. A place for everyone and everyone in their place. From the parking lot to the pulpit. I'm going to close, actually cut this right here. Give me some music as I end with one illustration I want to show you today. And I'm going to pick right back up. And this message I'm going to finish. I'm not going to put this away. I feel this so strong in our one church emphasis. To become one church. A kingdom church. A healthy church that looks just like heaven. 
looks just like heaven. I, I want us to get to the place where we are so healthy, we're growing so beautiful, that we have the united nations of the earth. I love it. I look over and I see Peru. I love it. I look over and I see Mexico. I see Honduras and Guatemala. I love it. Dominican Republic. Tennessee. Kentucky. <laughs> I love it. I want people to feel welcome. I want them to feel like when they're looking for heaven and God, they can find him in here. So I want to strive, continue to strive to be as healthy as we can. And I want God to show us, hey, what, what is it that we're doing? What, what is it that we can do better? And what I keep getting in this one church emphasis is that he wants us to understand the importance of every part. I value those that are down with the babies this morning. I value them. I treasure them. It's important who has our children. You want to feel that they're safe. You want to feel that they're being cared for. You want to know that someone's lovingly, tenderly being a part of ministering to their needs. You want to know that you can rest easy and come in here for a little over 90 minutes and be together and not worry about them. We're thankful for those workers, aren't we? We're thankful for kids' church. They're down there going crazy. They do it every Sunday. Right now, during this time, they don't get noticed. They don't get seen. But what would we do? with about 85 to 100 little t kids running all over this sanctuary during the preaching time, I would be like. <laughs> I'd have to turn into Yogi Bear or something to get their attention. Thankful for the workers. But we've got to realize how important every part is. Every part works together. And when we finally get that and we understand that and we value that and we're not chasing after position, chasing after importance, I don't want, I'm going to sit on the pew unless you give me something worth my time. I ain't, ain't going to do that. That's nothing. Clean toilets? I ain't doing that. That's for somebody else. You know, I've been in this church now for 38 years. I came in as an 18-year-old teenager, and I have cleaned toilets, I have swept floors, I have mopped floors, I've taken down tables, I've put tables up, I've thrown garbage away, I've stayed here till 4 in the morning cleaning the gym, I've done all those things. I've also ministered and been to hospitals, and I've, I was the youth pastor, and I should get a special reward in heaven for being the youth pastor for this church. That's why we honor Cameron today, because I don't have to do that. But I, I've done all those things. And here's what I want to tell you about my toilet cleaning days and my floor sweeping days and my trailer loading days and all those years and years and years and years and years being planted in this house and faithful to what I was supposed to do when I was supposed to do it at the season I was supposed to be doing it didn't hinder my destiny it didn't hinder my growth or my potential I believe because I was faithful in the field that God found me there and brought me here 
If I had not been faithful back there, I wouldn't be standing here. And get this, because people chase. They chase after the more notable, more important ministries. They forget the value of what God says is most important. One body, many members. To end today, I want to give you a picture of just how important every other ministry is. I want Brian to step up here, if you would. Brian represents a ministry that we're trying to get started here. We don't have it yet. We've had to kind of do double duty with our ushers, but we're looking for a parking lot team, a parking lot crew, people that would say, count me in. I want people who pull into our drive to see a smiling face and to know where to park. A couple of weeks ago, we had two precious dear ladies who were coming down one of the intersections in the parking lot and they were staring eye to eye with each other and neither one had no idea what to do. We want to bring help to the parking lot. We want to bring ministry to the parking lot. We want to help mothers who have got strollers and kids and they're getting them out of the cars and they need help. We want people that it's pouring the rain and they, they're in a walker and they need help to get in the building. We want to help them do that. We want to put together an umbrella team, a parking extra team, a, a, a team that will help minister to all these people. Now, Brian represents the parking lot crew that we want. Now, somebody pulls in our driveway at the church and He's there, and he doesn't feel like what he does matters, isn't important. And so he's like, imagine the scenario of somebody pulling in our church, and they see him, and he's just like, hey, over here. No, you can't park there. You're parking over here. What, you dumb? What's your problem? Over here. People, these people, I don't don't know why they got me out here doing this. I, this ain't even important. Well, let me tell you, do you. How many of you think that person will just turn their car around and go right back out? Won't even stay, right? Well, they get past the parking lot crew. Then they meet the greeter. And I'm, this is somebody standing at the door. They'll open the door. They're greeting with them. And they're, they're handing them a bulletin. They're shaking their hand. Hello. Welcome to Stratford Heights Church. And they're just like, oh, this is such a wonderful experience. Thank you so much for being so kind and good to me. Wow. I went to the parking lot and that fine gentleman waved at me and said, come on right here. I've got a beautiful little parking spot for you. Hi there, all these little kids. Can I help you get that stroller? Can I help you get in to find your way into the church? Awesome. Hi, my name's Melissa. I'm a greeter. Here's a bulletin for you. It's going to be a great day. I noticed you have children. Next comes Connector. Who's a connector? Come on, be a connector. Connector comes, and she comes up, and she says, hi, Melissa. Melissa says, hi, this is Agnes. Agnes has four kids. And she says, well, let me help you. I'll take your kids to check in. And so they're all smiles, and everybody's working together, and everything's happening just like it's supposed to. And then they get to kids check in. And then this is our actual kids check in director right here, Amy Reekman in the service. So Amy... 
Amy's got her team working, and they're going crazy, and they're doing things, and Amy is right there. Well, hello, Agnes. How are you today? It's so good to see you. Here's all your children. Let me help you. We'll check your children right into our safe, wonderful environment for our children, and they're going to have a blast, and you can pick them up right here at the end. Here's your sticker, and now your children are safe. Go have a wonderful time. The connector says, can I help you go to the sanctuary and find a seat where they find a wonderful usher? who is standing there, an usher who comes up, and he is like, may I help you find a seat in the sanctuary? And so he's right there, and he's like, I'll, I'll help you right here. Could you folks please move over just a little bit? I'd like to bring Agnes here. Agnes would like to sit with you all. Would that be okay? And, you know, what's important is then you've got, come up here. Then you've got the what I call the friendly pupee. The friendly pew peep. This is the guy sitting in the seat that when we, when we bring Agnes to sit here, he looks over and he says, well, hello there. My name is Ray. It's really nice to meet you. Glad to have you at Stratford Heights Church. Awesome. Hi, guys. Thanks for visiting today. It's so cool that you're here. Well, the pew peeps have done their job, and they have been amazing. And so now we're at the place where the worship team comes and we got our worship dancer and she's our praiser and she's out here and and she begins to dance and oh okay all right I won't make her do that but she's the worship team and, and boy Agnes is sitting there and and boy Whitney is just helping her she's singing songs the words are on the screen so the guys back there are doing a great job all the new people know the new songs and they don't have to stumble over the word watermelon trying to act like they fit in it's all good it's all right there and she's leading them in worship and she's helping them and then then we've got the pastor and the pastor finally steps up stand with me please as we read God's word thank you for being here at Stratford Heights now I want you to look at the line because imagine Agnes or anybody else Week after week after week after week, Steve, they come pulling in our driveway. It could be that they, they get past a friendly parking lot guy who's welcoming and gets him, and then they get to the front door, and they shake their hand, and they hand them a bulletin, and they give me the bulletin, and I get to the connector. The connector gets me to the children's check-in. Friendly face helps me, and then I get to an usher, and we'll just make the usher the bad guy today. He's busy. He didn't have time for this, John. And so this person stops right here. Doesn't get to the friendly pew peep. <laughs> Got to be careful with that. <laughs> Doesn't get there. Or let's say the parking lot. He's unfriendly, having a bad day. Doesn't feel like his job's important. And we come pulling in and he's rude as he can be. Out of here. I'm gone. Now, I might even get this far, but she's having a bad day, and she is not happy, and she just doesn't feel like her job is important. And then we got the connector, and she says, I really want to be the worship leader. I don't know why. I'm a, I'm a greeter, a connector. I wanted to be the worship leader. And Amy says, well, I, hi, I'm, we got so many kids backed up. Could you just, could we just put you on hold? Could you just step over there for a minute? Because we just got so much to do here. We just, we just need you to wait. And your kids are really too loud. Could you please get them quiet? By the time these one visitor 
has come through. All of these stations, all of these parts, all of these ministries before they ever get to the preacher. How important is every part? How important? This visual is so amazing when you think how many people it takes for one person to come to our church. One person. I want you to stand with me. Thank you, Ben. You can imagine the potential that Stratford Heights has if we come together to understand the value of every part. So my heart, my challenge for you today is that you will follow that cute little phrase. Pray about that cute little phrase that we talked about today. A place for everyone. Say it. A place for everyone. Everyone in their place. Let me tell you something. God knows where you are. Can I tell you? Did you hear me? God knows where you are. He knows the destiny that you have inside you. He knows what He's doing with you, and you don't have to worry about it. Hey, God, don't you see there's a worldwide ministry in me? Hey, I'm folding bulletins, Lord. Hotline to heaven. Did you forget me? Well, no. As a matter of fact, when Samuel came to Jesse's house looking for a king, he passed through every, every position. He got all the way down to the last one. And he said, don't you have any more sons? Because God has refused every one of these gallant, gladiator, warrior type kings. And Jesse said, I've, I've got my boy. He's out on the backside of the hill over there tending the sheep. He, he's a kid. He's insignificant. He's taking care of the sheep. These guys are soldiers, warriors, prayer warriors, intercessors. These are the ones that qualify. Bring me the boy. boy shows up and the Lord says I've chosen him the most unlikely he'll be king God knows where you are and if you're on the back side of a hill tending to smelly dirty selfish dumb sheep God knows where you are and when he's looking for that worldwide ministry or when he's just looking to fulfill your destiny, he'll find you where he placed you. Oh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. He'll find you where he placed you. 
and that's where he'll come looking. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I pray over our church today. I pray that I believe with all my heart that this is what you're doing in us. You're setting us up for something amazing. Lord, you're getting us ready for something that's supernatural. Lord, when we as a church begin to recognize the importance of every part, then Lord, we'll see the glory. We'll see the glory in the little parts, the seemingly insignificant things that the world would say are not so vital but God in your kingdom work they are the little tendons that you've placed in the body are what helps us to keep it all together and God it's there that you'll come looking for the kings so I pray in the name of Jesus you'll touch us together today Lord we all want to please you we've all got our seasons we've all got our times I know in my life this is a season for me this is a time that I'm pastoring this church there have been many before me and Lord if you tarry there'll be more after me but I am thankful God that you come looking for us wherever you've placed us and Lord if we'll get happy about that if we'll embrace our place if we will be content with our part. And God, you're going to anoint that and you're going to use us. And this church is going to turn this city upside down. Going to turn this state upside down. Lord, we're going to be used as one body of Christ moving around in unity and together. God, we will see supernatural things take place. It might even touch the entire world. Lord, help us today. Help us today. A place for everyone and everyone in their place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Before we go, and before Brother Jones comes to dismiss us, and before you get ready to go down to the welcoming, don't you guys take off and go down to the uh, cafe area. That's where you can go by and you can welcome and, and hug and shake hands and love on Cameron and Whitney and their families. But before we do that, I would ask if there's someone here today that needs Jesus in your heart. I don't want to close the service if you need to pray a prayer. So with every head bowed one more time, just a few moments. We're just going to take a few moments of your time. you got the rest of the afternoon. But if you're here and you don't have Jesus in your heart, you need to pray a prayer of reconciliation, a prayer of salvation. We want to help you with that today. We want to pray a prayer with you that will bring Jesus into your heart and life. If you're here and you need to pray that prayer to be right with God, would you slip up your hand and write back down and we're going to pray with you. If you're here today, is there anyone at all? Anyone at all? All right, I wanted to give you the opportunity if all minds are clear, no hands going up. Awesome. Either we got 100% today or the Holy Spirit is 
still working with you, and that's okay. So, Father, we pray in Jesus' name, mobilize, touch our church. And we thank you, Lord. Brother Jones. Amen, amen. Can we give the Lord a good praise offering today? Isn't he worthy? What a great day. Hallelujah. What a great day we've had in the Lord. I'd like to express appreciation uh, for Pastor Ray, not only for heartfelt, vital message to the health of the church, but also for understanding that we can give honor to whom honor is due without diminishing any other part of the body. This is how it works. And I just am continuing always to be amazed. This is, this is strat life, and we are so proud to be a part of that. And Thank you so very much for, uh, for what you do and who you are, your core values and your heritage. I might say that if you're uh, a guest or a visitor here, would you join them in the Welcome Center down here and get acquainted with the ministries of the church and help me know what they are. And I'll, I'll, I'll try to catch up with everything myself. But you also might want to get acquainted with the people who are around you and see if they'll save you a seat for next week because we certainly don't want anybody to not have a seat next week. Praise the Lord. Amen. Could we just give the Lord a good praise offering as you leave today? He is worthy of all of it. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed.